guys. Welcome to Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast. This is Metal Thrashing Mike. And today I have with me Mr. Pete Golan of the uh, Boston-based hard rock heavy metal outfit, Officer X. Pete, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Hey, it's great to be here. So uh, let me ask real quick, Pete, coming into this new album, uh, what was one of the most exciting parts of recording this new your new album, Hell is Coming? I mean, we uh, I, I, technically we... we we kind of recorded it and had it done uh, pretty much near the end of 2019. So, so it was, it was quite some time ago. So actually, you know, I, th- I think we, at the end of 2019, we had added, uh, it was actually originally going to be seven songs. And then we, we added the lady Soledad track. Right. Um, we just kind of came up with it. We're like, Oh, let's throw that on, you know? And then, and then the pandemic happened and the whole world kind of went to shit. So, um, so I, it was just, I mean, it was definitely cool to come. It was, I mean, I think we, it was about two years of work getting all the songs together. We did, we did a lot of pre 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 uh, production on it in our, in our studio. And then, uh, then we went to record it for real at a Q division in, uh, Cambridge in Davis square in Cambridge, uh, Massachusetts. And, uh, no, just cool to you know, just to get in there and use all all kinds of cool gear and just to hear what it sounded like on a nice big SSL board, you know. Oh yeah, no, it's always fun to play on stuff like that. Yeah, kind of, it's, it's it's real shit, you know. Right. No, I mean, if I had the money, I'd have a big SSL board here at the house. Yep. <laughs> I'm still, still running Cubase, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm using the plugins. Don't worry. Through everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm using the SSL plugins, which are great. But mm-hmm. so, uh, what? I, what all bases did you? Oh no, no you were going to say something. Go ahead. Uh, no, it's, I, I do the same thing. I I, I run Pro Tools, but I, I use the SSL plugins across the, across the uh, buses and everything. So uh, the the wave stuff is so good. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's funny is I did my upgrade to the newest Pro Tools and the newest Mac. That didn't support any of my old waves plugins, so I was kind of shit out of luck. So, right. so I kind of went with all the universal audio stuff, and uh, here I am. But it's okay; it's cleaner. I have less plugins in all my before I, you know, back in. I mean, I'm sure you've been recording for a while. I'm sure you got you know crap loads of plugins from the last ten years, and you're like, which one do I use? So sometimes less is more. You know, <laughs> it's funny. A lot of times, yeah. I just wind up using a lot of the in the box stuff on Cubase. I, yeah, they're, they're actually, those and those have gotten better over time too. Like, I mean, all the all the pro tools in the box stuff is great too. Oh yeah, um, no. Um, I recently watched. Uh, have you ever heard of Glenn Fricker? Mm-mm. He runs a, a channel called. Uh, well, he runs a studio, uh, Specter Sound. Um, he runs SMG on YouTube. It's his YouTube channel, and he shows you how to do like, you know, professional quality recordings all in the box. Oh wow! Yeah, no, he does a lot of more modern metal and things like that. But it, you know, he's a old school metalhead himself, so he's fun to watch. Yeah. So if you're in a home recording, uh, you know, you do metal, obviously, definitely somebody mm-hmm. to check out. Yeah, send me send me a, a link to his channel um, over uh, email over done or text it to me. Yeah, absolutely, I'd definitely check it out. Absolutely, no, yeah. no, the, the recording stuff's always fun. Uh, being a bass player, um, how do you go about your you know, your bass lines, how did you go about it for the album? Was it done uh, through, uh, let's say, like a, uh, oh God, what are they called? 
Sans amps or did you use, you know, the old fashioned heavy amps? Uh, for, for this, uh, I believe we, we had one, we had a, we had an amp room, which sounded, if you went in there, you'd think the bowels of, of hell are <laughs> coming through the floor. But, uh, but basically it was a SVT and then my dark glass head on, on another SVT cab. So we had to have a full SVT set up and then my dark glass stuff all just wailing away in one room with like a couple mics on it and it sounded awesome i mean it's definitely mixed in on the record and sa- sounds great but i i definitely wish i had like uh samples of what that room sounded like because it, it was pretty intense it was, I, I think i definitely uh um found the brown note <laughs> right <laughs> right in the middle of the room <laughs> yeah no no he found that brown sound the, the old van halen thing <laughs> yeah so what all basses did you use? And uh, was there anything in particular that just, you know, you, when you took your bass in there, was there a certain instrument that really you just, you, you used for almost everything or did you swap around a lot? I have for most of it. I use this um, Burl top um, specter Euro. Okay. And that was, I used that on most of the record. And then uh, a, Couple songs. I have a. I, I'm a Spectre guy. I got like, I I, I own nine Spectres and one one uh, one uh, Fender. <laughs> right. <laughs> but well, uh, but I didn't bring the Fender to the studio. So, uh, but um, and I I have a couple. Spectre makes these uh, Coda series bases. So like uh, I have a couple of the USA made ones. So I that's like a. It's pretty much a, a American made. You know, high end. P bass, you know, and so I used that um, on a few songs too, and I think I I might have had one of my five strings too. Not that I used the low B or anything like that, but I I just had it, so I kind of mixed around. We kind of sampled each bass for each song, and, and they had different pickup configurations, and we just trying to figure out which one sounded best. Right. So, uh, do you uh, lean more towards an active setup or a passive setup with your basses? I like the active setup um, for um, not that I'm anti-passive, but but it is cool to kind of you know if you roll into a gig and there's, it's already backlined and you you know you don't get much of a sound check or whatever, like you can kind of adjust it as you're playing as opposed to you know keep running back to your amp and whatnot. You know, so I do like the the luxury of that and and you know you know and having you know, high, having a high output bass is cool, you know? Right. For me, I like the sound of it, but also that could be resolved. You could have a sand damp or something like that in your rack too. And it's kind of, it's kind of the same idea, probably cheaper too and smarter, but <laughs> maybe a little bit to use hey, what works I for love you. Toys. you. You, yeah, I love yeah. toys. You know? You've got to use what works for you. Each bass player is different. That's why we have so many different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lean towards what, the, what, I lean towards the passive stuff, but I mean, I can't find anything I like better than a, a Thunderbird, so. Oh, nice. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, no, I've I've played everything at Guitar Center and every music store around here, and I just can't find anything that matches a Thunderbird to me. I have this bass um, that, uh, that uh, there's a, I don't know if you ever, you're probably not familiar with it, but here in Boston, there was a, a, a First Act custom shop. So First Act is a guitar brand that, Oh, I remember um, first act. Yeah, and they, they would sell it like Toys R Us and all that for beginner guitars, but they had a custom shop 
where they would make build instruments for a bunch of famous people and whatever and uh and uh, and uh, not not that I anything close to famous at all. But, but that's what we're working towards to, here, though. <laughs> yes, yes. But I was able to, you know, get you know gifted a couple instruments or hooked up with a couple from them, and um, for, built in the custom shop. But the guys that worked in there were all, you know, people that got hired out of the Gibson Natural Factory. So that so they um, so they gave me this like. It's not shaped like a Thunderbird, but it has a Thunderbird neck and a Thunderbird Thunderbird pickup configuration. It was made by them, and uh, it was a great sounding bass, but it was so freaking heavy. So, like, right. So it was like a lot thicker than a Thunderbird. You know, it was like almost like a less. It was like a big fat Les Paul kind of body thing. So, um, but that was cool. And the neck was humongous too. It was like probably the fattest neck I ever had on a bass, but it sounded great. You know, but I kind of beat that into the ground, and and uh, it needs a lot of work, so I don't really play it anymore. <laughs> right? No, uh, I'm actually familiar with the first act stuff because I had worked in music store for a long time, and I'd actually run across with a few higher end ones. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they played great. These were mostly guitars. I never ran into any of the basses, but God, the guitars played great. Yeah, yeah. No, there's some that are like sought after. They have like the Lola series and Delgado. If you can find one on eBay, people or eBay or Reverb. Reverb is my 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 crack then of choice. <laughs> right, checking it every day, looking for stuff. Not that I'm going to buy; it's more like window shopping. But I just, yeah. No, I'm I've got just, a bu- I'm just. I've got a buddy that hunts down like old school Tyscos and stuff like that, which is just you know British Walmart. Mm-hmm. But he hunts down a lot of those bases, you know. He 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 always tells me he's like, man, it's the ten full in the pickups, man. That's what gives it the sound. <laughs> wacky cool. shit, wacky shit like that. So, um, as any do you? Okay, so this is a weird question for bass players usually because you don't think of, a lot of people don't think of this, but uh, do you use any pedals with your bass bass stuff? Uh yeah, yeah, I got um. I'm not not like all the time, but like for like uh, I have a let's see what I'm looking at my shit right now. I, I got a like a dark glass micro tubes pedal, which is a good high and low end like kind of. Um, it separates the high and low clean versus dirty sig- signal, which is pretty cool. It definitely took me a long time to learn how to use it. It's, I don't know if it's just me or or it's complicated. And then then I have another. Um, uh, dark glass bk1 pedal which is just for if you want to have that extra noise you know like the, just an extra distortion for like higher parts and and then i have a little bit of a, a little octaver a bass chorus and a delay just for like in one of the tunes i do like kind of a pseudo it's not a real solo but it's like a breakdown right and i kind of throw i throw that stuff on for fun just to make our live show more of a live show i guess you know so yeah that little no, something that's extra cool yeah, uh, but i definitely keep it as minimal i don't think i'd ever go like guitar style where you have like two or three rows of pedals sitting in front of you that's that's too much shit to go wrong for me you know uh, I'm, very, I'm very simple i actually finally saw um one of my previous guests his name is tommy stewart he used to play for hallow's eve he's mm-hmm. got a group now called Direwolf. And I looked at his setup on stage for his bass. It's just a drummer and a bass player. And the cover for that, oh, cool. he runs three separate bass amps. 
and he has a pedal board. He has two pedal boards, basically. And it's just this wacky setup, man. But yeah, you were talking about the splitting the clean and the dirty, and I I just thought of him instantly because I I know he does that, and I think he runs like uh, something else into the PA or something like that. That's cool. I've seen there's a a couple, I mean, not more in the metal vein, but there's a couple pop artists that kind of do that too. And it's cool because, yeah, they like they got the sub octaver on ones just to give them more, like, oh, they had add a octave above and send it to a different amp or whatever and try to emulate guitar. And And yeah, that's cool stuff. Yeah, they go crazy with like loopers and stuff like that. Yeah, anybody that's willing to put the work in, they create music that way, all the power to them because it is awesome. I myself am a little too lazy to go to, to go go that far, you know. And, you know, but uh, yeah. Now, don't drag you know, yourself into the bass player stereotypes now. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, well, I I would do it, but I think I'd get past one or two songs and be like, "Oh man, are they doing this live? Is going to be a lot of work and a lot of stuff to remember." And you know, right? No, it's different just pedals on. You know, it's just more fun to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I can I can get down with that. I agree. I mean, I used to run a straight thing when I played guitar in a band. I, I just ran a multi-effects unit with everything set up, and that was that. Mm-hmm. And one guitar and a backup, and that's all I needed. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't even, like, I mean, knock on wood, I, I usually just bring one bass to a gig. But one of these days is going to bite me in the ass. But. Well, hopefully not. Yeah. You know, just uh, take good care of them, make sure you get them maintenanced regularly. Yeah, and, and I don't, I mean, I, I haven't broke a string in god god it was who knows how long you know it's when i was a kid i was busting strings all the time you know but oh yeah i I felt i felt a good good uh you know found a good vibe where i'm not hitting too hard and not hitting too light you know so uh getting back to your to the band's album a little bit here are there any particular tracks that you enjoy playing live uh yeah i like um uh, there's a song called uh, "Incandescent." Yeah, and yeah. It's got a it's it's got a pre-chorus that kind of's got a little fast run in there, um, um, and it's it's when you're sitting down, I I can play it, but standing up, it's it's definitely a little like it's definitely a moment when you're on stage. You get it. You kind of get really. Pay, I have to pay attention to make sure I play it right because it, it just it just ends up being a blur of shit if i'm not paying attention right. you know you know it's like you know it's like uh but everybody's doing it in unison too so if we're not uh if we're not uh ripping that in, in, in good faith it's not gonna it's not gonna sound too good yeah no i actually really enjoyed then, that track too i actually put down here too it was to me it sounded part dio and part queens right yeah yeah definitely we're we're, we're we are uh some a commonality between rodrigo or rod and I are, is definitely Queen Drake. We, we both, uh, I think Operation Mind Crime is one of our uh, music Bibles right. know, that we, we frequently listen to. Yeah, no, and it's a great album. I know I've had many debates with people over that being like the, the greatest concept album of all time. I'm not in that camp. It's up there, but it's, it's def- and, uh, Definitely not yeah, trying definitely. to start a not trying to start a fight here or nothing, but <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, I, I like I like so much. I'm, I'm sure the same way. I mean, I'm I mean, being a bass player growing up, like it's you know there was there was only so many influences you could you could be into, you know, like uh, 
you know, and then like the guitar players in rock and roll and metal definitely got more love than than the bass players, you know. So you kind of end up, well, I kind of end up going up into like listening to a lot of like jazz and f- more fusion, like crazy fusion music and stuff, and just kind of, you know, kind of learn taking a little bit from everything, you know, and then right. it back to my my rock and roll self, you know. Well, luckily with metal, we had guys like Steve Harris and uh, Cliff yeah. Burton hanging around geezer butler of course i'm actually looking at a picture mm-hmm. i've actually got a picture of getty lee on my wall right here in front of the uh, behind the computer so <laughs> nice nice yeah but they, those those are them but there was you know there was kind of like you know it wasn't like you know i mean you didn't have as many people to pick from as, as guitar players did you know right so 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 i kind of you know, after i cycled through all those like frank bellow you know and and uh other bass players, you know, and and uh, and, and uh, so I ended up going, oh well, what else is there, you know? And then you know, I, I dug into, you know, weather report and like, um, what do you call it, uh, Stanley Clark and all this. Oh God, yeah, stuff, you know. No, I've I mean, actually I've listened to Jaco Pastorius multiple times, <laughs> plenty of times. But uh, you you're mentioning Stanley Clark, and all I can think of when I hear Stanley Clark is Returned Forever. Yeah, Return. Yep, yep. Romantic Warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 the album. I, I love that record. That is that, that guy can play so fast. It's like it's he's good. I actually saw him live about ten years ago. It was like this little like arts like place, and it's a it's like a firehouse that's converted into a, a, a venue, and they they just have all these like artists come through, and it, you know there's probably about two hundred people in the audience, but I end up getting there early. I got third row, and but his set was all acoustic stuff. And then he busted out his his alembic to play School Days at the at the very end. That was like the, the encore. And, but but even on the on the upright bass, I mean, I've never seen somebody play so fast on one of those things in person. Is insane. Oh no, um, he's an, a phenomenal bass player. That whole band was, uh, as far as Return to Forever goes. I mean, for God's sakes, you had Al Demiola and Chick Corea in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was Len- Lenny White. I think was the drummer. Yes, Lenny White. That yeah. I was running a blank on the drummer. <laughs> so I yeah, know it's crazy, it's crazy stuff. Uh, speaking of drummers and rhythm sections, uh, I, I noticed that just every song had a very solid backbeat, and uh, Dave Baresi is doing such a great job. Uh, how is it working with Dave? Oh, Dave's great. Um, he uh, he actually he's the newest. Uh, is he the, no? He's he came into the band after the record was done, but he plays he plays the record exact. So, but uh, the the um, the drummer on the record is Mike Martino. He was he was uh, in the studio with us as we were doing the record. But yeah, no, he was very creative. He's very uh, you know very influenced from you know early early you know traditional metal you know, bands and, uh, and no, every, every song definitely has its own feel, you know, and it, that's, that's kind of, what's kind of cool. Yeah. No, I, I, I noticed band. like going from moon man into like incandescent and then in a song like hellfire, it's just such a, it's all metal. It's all hard rock, but there's a definite stylistic change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, even like hellfire, which, uh, which is the latest video that we did, uh, that, Somehow, I, I, I believe that the main riff is in five four, I, but I, don't, I try not to think about it that way. But it, uh, and uh, but somehow, we the drummer and I snuck like 
a funk groove into the the part that comes in after that. But but you can't, you can't really. It's kind of blended in, you know. And, and it's uh, and you know, uh, Rod is singing "Hell Is Coming" over it, so it's kind of this weird, like, you know, like a weird storm of, of uh, you know, music bed going on. Right. That. So, but it's definitely uh, yeah. That that's one of my favorites too. It's just it's definitely like you just kind of put together this piece of music that kind of goes in different directions and feels and stuff. So, but no, it's definitely, um, that's great. And he, he was great to work with. I mean, so, you know, it's always good to go in the studio and have a drummer nail a song in the second take, you know, or first take sometimes too. So absolutely. And, um, and, and Dave, we've actually been recording because the, this record was done, you know, been worked on like three years ago our we already started working on our newer record and we we had uh went in the studio and already recorded one track called the watchers but obviously that probably won't get released till some point next year you know but um but dave same thing one take so yeah we're 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 lucky yeah very i've seen many of drummers have to do you know 10 15 20 takes some of which I've actually recorded in this house before. So <laughs> not going to call yeah, out any names. <laughs> they know who they are. I, mean, I, I think that's primarily why um, I, I don't like, I, I do recording and I've recorded albums and mostly my own stuff, you know, and, uh, but uh, just demo albums, you know, just stuff, not, not, nothing too crazy, you know, and, uh, but uh, I definitely, I don't like piecing things together. And sometimes, and, but I'll do it for myself. Like if I don't have a baseline written, I'll, I'll totally, you know, as I'm writing the song, I'll piecemeal it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll record it in pieces and put it together and then, and then learn it and play it for, you know, when we actually go in the real studio. So as far as the writing process goes with this album, uh, how much did you contribute to the writing process itself? Um, I lyrically, I helped with the, uh, songs i wrote i wrote a handful of lyrics for the song actual officer uh, called officer which is the last track in the record um riffs uh rodrigo rod would bring in a riff in and then i'd add the second part or we'd collaborate it was a yeah, full-on collaboration and arrangements and everything and then uh and uh but as far as like a lot of the i mean rodrigo is he's definitely uh he reads a lot which is a good thing. I mean, you know, cause I, I hate to admit it, but I, I used to read a lot, but some, something changed once technology took over and, and I kind of just don't, you know, I don't, I don't really go down those paths. You know, I'm too, for some reason I'm like too busy to read. I, I really can't figure out that. Oh yeah. No, you it's, know, it's literally the phone. Who, like you're constantly re- receiving information. Yeah. That, or I'm constantly like, I owe files to somebody or, or I did this or did that, you know, it's like, you know, so it's, and before I know it, my, my day's done, you know, but I, but yeah, he definitely, um, yeah, he's definitely the, the wordsmith when it comes to a lot of the, the themes in, in the tunes. Okay. Well, you know, that's important to have sometimes in a band, every band functions differently. Yep. So, and, but I definitely like every once in a while I'll pipe in, you know, it's been, Oh, can you change this lyric? And it's the producer in me, you know what I mean? Just trying to be like, Oh, what if we did this and did that? You know? So, so speaking so, of Rod, Oh, no, go ahead. Oh no, you go. It's good. Uh, um, I was going to say we work, we work well together. Yeah, no, absolutely. You've put out a great album here with hell is coming. Um, speaking of Rodrigo, I got to noticing 
that he played for Bang Camaro, and that that triggered something in my brain. And I, I just have to bring this up real quick because I got the look, and I was like, I've seen them on a playlist. I've heard them on a TV show. Oh, James Gunn put them on the Peacemaker soundtrack. Push, push, Lady Lightning. Yeah. So for yeah, people I, out there that didn't know that, their guitar player and singer was in the band Bang Camaro, and they had a song featured on Peacemaker. Yeah, funny funny thing about that is, um, so that song was on the, I want to say the original Guitar Hero, and it was one of the, the once you passed, you kind of you got through all the levels, and you kind of broke through the, the secret levels, it was like one of those songs. Oh god, it was, so, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so that, so it's the same, yeah, same tune, so um and then um watch i got into peacemaker like I, I never really followed peacemaker from you know the previous mar was it marvel uh dc or dc originally um, charleston yeah. comics back in the 60s oh okay so i never like i just heard john cena has got this like like whack superhero like show on, on hbo and you know, my girlfriend and I would just say we, you know, we we followed it and watched it. It, it, it was a pretty crazy show. I I I, I loved it. You know, like it, oh uh, no, it was fun it was, to watch. But if you read the comics, Peacemaker was like nothing like that. Uh, but I mean, I think it's like the second episode of Peacemaker, and uh, he's in the girl's apartment, and she just try, she tries ends up trying to kill him. But before she she goes to the bathroom, comes out and attacks him. He's going through all the the vinyl that she has. You know, you know, you know that scene. Yeah, and and I'm sitting. There, I was like, "Holy shit!" It was like London Choir Boys. I had that vinyl. I had that vinyl. You know, he's like, going, I was like, I, like I was, I was telling my girlfriend, like, I, used, "I used to have all those records. It's nuts." You know, like, um. So, and uh, but then obviously in the season finale, that's the song that uh, Lady Lightning came on at the end. And I'm, and I'm like, I was like, uh, I, I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, "That's that's Rod's band, bro." <laughs> you know, I was like, "No way, that's crazy." And, and I, and I had to text him. I was like, "Dude, your song's on uh, Peacemaker." He had no idea. Yeah, so, no. James uh, Gunn is a fan. Yeah, so that's uh, no, it was great. And uh, there, I they've been in the studio recording new stuff. So uh, I don't know when they're planning to release it, but I definitely have seen some stuff on the in the Matrix on Instagram and uh, Facebook that they're uh, doing stuff. Rod's been in the studio with them a little bit too. I don't know how many songs they did, but it's coming. I know there was like a like when I looked up the band, there was like this huge list of vocalists. Oh yeah, I was just flabbergasted, man. It was crazy. Yeah, I remember. I remember when they were doing it. They were, um, I think, at one point. I mean, I think the the you know obviously you can't take you know twenty dudes on tour. So they were, I think, the Rod and a few other singers. They had a core group of singers, and then they had people that would sign up and meet them at the venue and then they would make up for the other gang vocalists that would sing background you know so they had they had people like that you know all across the country a like little little army that would help them get that band camaro sound on stage yeah i know it was absolutely cool but they have a, have a great sound uh i mean you guys had a really great sound with like the the vocals and stuff too and some of the layering here and there yeah, we did. We did some. Uh, yeah, we did a lot of gang layering. It was unfortunately it was just me, me and Rod. Rod, but it sounds like more of us. <laughs> uh, the beauty of a studio magic. Yes. 
Yep. And <laughs> I think uh, actually uh, Hellfire has, we, we were joking about it while we were recording it, that it was kind of Bang Camaro style, uh, you know, backgrounds during the verse. Right. I know it had a hooky ass chorus. Even if I can't remember the lyrics, the melody was what really pulls you it, into it. It's yeah. very rhythmic almost. In a sense. Yeah, that's the, that's the part where it, basically the lyric is hell is coming. And it has got the funk, like the funk bass line and drum in the background. And, uh, and, uh, but that's, that song, the song's called Hellfire. And I, we, we went and shot the video for it. And, you know, obviously when you shoot a video, you're doing like 20 takes of the song, whether it's, you know, me and the drummer, all four of us, just Rod, you know, or Rob, Robbie, our guitar player, you know, like, or, you know, and, um, and I think it was like a little bit after we did the shoot, I was like, I was like, dude, we should, I was like, Rob, we should call the album Hell is Coming. Because obviously it ties into the song and, you know, world's kind of gone to shit a little bit. So, you yeah. Know, you know, I, I think the, the last interview I did, the, 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 uh, the, the interview was like, uh, he, he, uh, he, he was like, well, hell's already here, isn't it? I was like, yeah, was like, we had that conversation too, but, but, ah. You know, whatever it works, <laughs> it's cohesive. So. Yeah, no, it, it fits the time for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we're running a little bit out of time here, so I just want to go ahead and give you an opportunity to let everybody know where we can find your music, where we can buy your merch, uh, where we can find you on social media. Cool, cool. You can um, you can find us uh, on Facebook, Instagram. Just look up Officer X, um, and uh, music is available on all outlets. Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, and um, we have a um, we have a merch store. If you go to offer officerxmusic.com, we have a uh, and we have three different shirts. We have CDs, we have tapes. If anybody's still got a tape player, we we kind of just did that for the fuck of it, you know. We're like, oh, let's get tapes. Oh, cool. Cheap Trick still does that. Hey, Cheap Trick still does eight <laughs> tracks. Oh man, yeah, Woo. there's eight track collectors out there, man. It's crazy. There was a, there was a, when I was a kid, there was a five and dime store when I, I think was, I had to be like maybe nine or 10 years old, just getting into music and, and, uh, the five and dime store that we had here called Woolworth. Yeah. Basically they had, they had a a section of eight tracks and it was like, you know, know, it was after they'd kind of been long gone, but all they had was like all the Kiss solo albums, Love Gun, Destroyer, the, I don't know, maybe the Elder, I don't think so, but. But uh, but they it, they had a live one and a live two on a track. We, like, we we didn't have a track players, but we bought them, or, or or we had no money. We bought them, or we just go and like just look at them and wish we could buy them. <laughs> right. Mean? So anyway, but yeah, yeah, definitely go to our if if you dig our music, buy our merch, um, spread the word, share us, tell your friends, all that kind of stuff. All right, guys, new P- new Officer X album, Hell is Coming. Came out uh, September 30th. Go check it out. Buy some merch. Buy a copy of the album. Hell, buy a cassette. <laughs> buy a tape player, too, so you can listen to it. Yeah, buy a tape <laughs> player, too. Well, that's the beauty. I mean, you can buy the cassette now and just listen to it on you know Spotify and stuff. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Check out the vi- uh, Be sure to check out the music video for Moon Man on YouTube, guys. It's on there. Um, going back into the podcast real quick, be sure and follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I am also on a new site called Metalizer.net. It is a website. 
social media specifically tailored for metalheads. This is a site, you know, for the metalheads. So be sure and follow the podcast on there. Uh, I'm on all those places. You can listen to the, obviously you're listening now, you know where to listen, but be sure and share the links to the episodes. Let people know you've heard us. Um, Also, while I'm here, I want to thank the now 1,010 followers I have on Twitter. Finally broke a thousand over there. So I appreciate that guys. Yeah. Hit the, hit the big, big, big thousand, that big milestone. I love all the zeros. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see about four more zeros on there. Don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but that's cool. Hey, uh, Pete, thanks for joining me. Guys, be sure and check out their new album. And peace. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy, everybody.